0: Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to transform your whole life, all your life. We hope that you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. Very kind. Even everybody. My name's Andy. Uh, I get the privilege of being here on staff at Heart Church. Um, And I'm just really excited about this whole series. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a really good series. Foundations, Order, rhythm. These are life-changing principles that we can put in our lives. So uh, yeah, this week this, this week, we're looking at behind uh, closed doors and we're going to be focusing in on foundations and the apostles teaching. So what we're going to do uh, this whole week, this whole series, these four weeks of foundations, we're looking at like what Tando read, Acts chapter 2 uh, verse 42. And what are we going to do this evening is I'm going to want to give you a bit of a context for where this passage, this Bible verse fits within the book of Acts, how the book of Acts fits in within the Bible, and then how we can apply that to our lives, and then here on a Sunday. So that's what we're going to do this evening, hopefully. So are you up for that? Good, because if you're not, we're going to do it anyway. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you're here, and we love you, and we just pray, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? In Jesus' name, amen. Amazing. So, the book of Acts... So the book of Acts is in the New Testament. If you've never read the Bible before, the Bible's kind of split into two parts. You've got the Old Testament and the New Testament. The New Testament is everything about Jesus and the church. And then the Old Testament is all about the Israelites and the Jews from whom Jesus came. Uh, But that's what all the Old Testament is. So this is a book in the New Testament. So it's all about Jesus and the people that were around at the time of Jesus. But the book of Acts is written by the same guy who wrote Luke. So in the New Testament, we have four books that are the historical accounts of Jesus's life on the earth. One was written by a guy called Matthew, one by a guy called Mark, one by Luke, and one by John. And the guy that wrote Luke wrote Acts. Okay, so the guy that we are looking at, the, 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 the verses that we're looking at this evening were written by the same guy who wrote the book of Luke. Okay, and at the beginning of his thing, so Acts, it's called Acts because it's all about the acts of the apostles, the things that they did, but it could be called Luke, like, Two Or like Luke, the sequel. You know, it's like, it literally, where Luke finishes, Acts picks up straight away after that. In, if in your Bible, it would probably be easier if it went Matthew, Mark, John, Luke, Acts. That would help us figure that out. But if you finish Luke, Acts, the first chapter of Acts is just right the next thing that happens from the guy of Luke. So, and the theme, Luke inspired by God, the main theme that you see across the two books of the New Testament that Luke writes, it's all about the kingdom of God. It's all about the kingdom of God. That We're going to look at that in a second. But what we mean by the kingdom of God is not heaven way out there somewhere in the distance. Luke's talking about the kingdom of God, meaning the rule and reign of God here on the earth. And what that looks like is his grace and his love and his peace and his presence being made known on the earth, like right now in Nottingham in this building, that's the kingdom of God being worked out. So don't have in your head some far off like ethereal cloud living thing. We're talking about your home, your bedroom, your chair right now, where you live, Nottingham, this building. So that is like absolutely foundational. And in the book of Acts. Acts starts, so we're looking at Acts chapter 2, and there are 28 chapters of Acts, so we're really quite near the beginning. Acts starts with Jesus having risen from the dead, but he's still on earth. So it starts with Jesus still on earth. And it finishes with the gospel having spread all around the region, and it makes its way to Rome. That's where the book of Acts finishes, With the gospel has made it all the way to Rome, which obviously, that's a massive place in terms of the influence that Rome had on the world. So the gospel is out there in the world, having gone through. So the book of Acts really charts a massive growth of Jesus is still alive, there's like 12 disciples, maybe like 120 followers of Jesus, to it spread all around the world, around where they are, even to the heart of the Roman civilization. So it charts quite a big change (laughs) from 12 people hiding in a room to the gospel being preached in Rome and in all the cities around the area. And so let me show you this. So Luke chapter 4, we're gonna start in Luke chapter 4. So remember, Luke is the same guy who writes Acts. So if we think of Luke and Acts as being like two volumes of the same book, then we start, if we want to start at the beginning, we'll go to the beginning of Luke, okay? So when Jesus, in Luke chapter four, when when Jesus starts his ministry, in Luke chapter four, 42 and 43, it should come up on the screen. It says this. Um, At daybreak, Jesus went out to the solitary place. The people were looking for him. And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns because that is why I was sent. So in the way that Luke shows us this life of Jesus, at the very beginning, he's like, the reason why Jesus was sent is for the kingdom of God. And remember, the kingdom of God is about people knowing and experiencing God's love, his grace, his rule, but not as some tyrant king, as a loving father. And this is at the very, very beginning of Jesus' life. This is why Jesus says he's sent. And then if we go to the very end of the book of Acts, so this is at the end of volume two of Luke's work, Paul is now, the apostle Paul is now in Rome, and he says this, it says, For two for two whole years, Paul stayed there. So, this is in, in his house in Rome, in his own rented house, and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. So, you see, at the very beginning of Luke's work Jesus is come to proclaim the kingdom of God and at the very end of Luke's work you have Paul proclaiming guess what the kingdom of God this is what when you read Luke or Acts you can have in your mind this is all about the kingdom of God coming on to the earth see and then at the beginning of Acts which is like the halfway point In Paul's writing so we've had the beginning of Luke and the end of Acts so the beginning of Acts is like the middle bit right slap bang in the middle this is what Luke introduces the book of Acts in this is Acts chapter one he says in my former book Theophilus so in the book of Luke he writes it to someone called Theophilus that's why he says that he's not just forgotten his own name Uh, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach Until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about, guess what? The kingdom of God. So when we are looking at this scripture that we're about to look at... We need to remember that this is all about the kingdom of God coming into your life and through your life into the world of people around you. So Luke makes it really clear to us that when he writes the book of Luke, It's a history book, I mean it's a very, when I say history, he was talking to the people who had seen Jesus, and Luke was alive at the time of Jesus, but he says that he hadn't met him. So Luke is writing a history book, very recent history, about everything that has happened. Okay, that's the difference. And then we get to Acts, and particularly from Acts chapter three onwards, it's not a history book. It's a living, breathing diary of something that Luke is experiencing. So in Acts, Luke says things like, we traveled here. We traveled there. Like he's living it. He's not writing about something he doesn't know. He's writing about something that he is living, breathing, experiencing. But you know, when... Um, what 's amazing is that when you think about Luke that Luke knew when Luke finished his books, you know when he said sign, sealed you know this is it I've, I can go to the publishers i 'm happy with it like, I think all the accounts are correct i 'm happy with it. He knew like the end from the beginning, right you know like if you write a story or if you account history, you know what happens at the end because you probably finish it and sign it because there 's bits. I mean, you don't finish it until you've written the end bit because they haven't happened yet. So that means that if the things in this bit at the beginning of Acts were not still true, at the end of Acts, he would have just got rid of them. Does that make sense? So here at the beginning of Acts, he gives us some instructions about the foundations of what the church is like. But if that had dropped out, therefore, if it wasn't relevant to us, he just wouldn't have included it anymore. He would have said they used to do that and then they stopped doing that because it wasn't good. So, but what's even more interesting is that when you look at the parallels between how Luke writes the start of Jesus' ministry, Jesus' ministry starts with him speaking from the prophet Isaiah, which is an Old Testament book. Jesus speaks from the prophet Isaiah, he heals the sick, and then he says, I'm going to preach the kingdom of God. Then at the very end of Luke's second book, Acts, you have Paul in Rome preaching from the prophet Isaiah healing the sick and saying I need to move on because I've got to preach the kingdom of God see I don't if you've ever read Acts all the way through Acts is like this really cool book where it's like stuff's happening stuff's happening stuff's happening this is cool this is cool this is cool and then it just stops it just stops that verse that we read from Acts where it says about he proclaimed the kingdom of God with all boldness that's the last line in the book of Acts it doesn't end it just stops and you're left like ah no but you see Uh, It doesn't end because it hasn't ended. You see, if you see that what what Luke is trying to show us is that the the mission that Paul is on at the end of his book is the same mission that Jesus was on at the start of his life, which means we've actually ended where we began because it hasn't ended. See, because what he's trying to show us is that Paul's life is not trying to do Paul's life. Paul is showing what Jesus continues to do in the world. At that bit that we read at the beginning of Acts, uh, he said of all the things that Jesus began to do, all the stuff that Jesus began to do. I love that. Like Jesus is about to go up to heaven and he's saying he has only just... begun and we see at the end of the book of Acts that it doesn't end but actually it's a beginning not an ending why because Luke is desperate that every single Christian every person reading this realizes that it hasn't finished it's supposed to carry on in me it's supposed to carry on in you this life of bringing the kingdom of God bringing Jesus to be made known in your life and in the people's lives around you isn't over it's supposed to carry on in you and me You see, and then during this time, just so you, again, just to give you a little bit of context for Acts, most, almost all of the New, most of the New Testament is written while the stories in Acts are happening. Okay, so most of the books that we would call the New Testament, like the letters that were written to the different churches, most of them are written during this time of Acts. There's two or three maybe that were written like a tiny bit afterwards. But so like the the scriptures are being written and are circulating during this time. See, but then what Acts chapter 1 and 2 are, Acts chapter 1 and 2 are like a bridge between the history of what Jesus did in the past and the life of the church that hasn't ended yet. You're supposed to realise that it's you living it now. And so Acts chapter 1 and 2 act as like a bridge between those two different seasons of life. And so in Acts chapter one and two, I just want to outline five things that, that, that Luke tells us, uh, things that have happened and things that were happening that help us bridge between Jesus being alive and then the church living out in the foundations of the apostles' teaching. So the first one is that he shows us that Jesus was resurrected from the dead like the the, the center point of Christianity is that we believe Jesus rose from the dead uh, to conquer death, to pay for our sin, to mean that we will one day rise again. He's like, right at the start, he's like, Jesus is alive and he's really, really here. Like he's actually here. Then he ascends to heaven. Jesus goes to heaven. Then in Acts chapter two, we have the Holy Spirit being given. The foundation of the church happens when the Holy Spirit, when Jesus sends the Holy Spirit and he comes into the church. I mean, there's more that you could go into, but the fourth thing that I've drawn out is that he shows how Jesus fulfills the Old Testament. That, and it's here that we get like some of, and we see it throughout the the New Testament. How we see how we we, why the reason we have the Old Testament in our Bible is because it's all pointing about Jesus. That Jesus has fulfilled it. Do you know? Like that's why we still read Isaiah and Genesis and all those things because it points to Jesus. And then the final thing is he gives us the foundations of the Christian community of the Christian life. He gives us these as the foundation. So we we need to remember that this passage, the reason why we've chosen this passage as the verse for our foundation series is not just because it sounds good or it sounds Christian, but because it actually acts as the foundation of the church from its very beginning in the context that we're supposed to realise that this is for me. I'm meant to carry this on. That church hasn't ended. The way that he writes it is exactly meant to make me feel like it's still happening. And it's still happening today. So, this is what it says in Acts chapter 2. It's in verse 42 to 47. It says So, this is the church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, those four things, the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and and prayer, we need those in our life. Like, I hope from what I've just said, that's helped you to see why it's important that those things are in our life. And that's the springboard from which Luke then takes us straight into the life of the church. The next chapter starts with, one day, Peter was walking here, and it's like, we're in. <laughs> like, okay, we've, we've remembered what happened in, in the last one, you know, previously on Luke, you know, we've had our little reminder, oh yeah, I remember that, oh yeah, you know. And then we're in. And now we're in. But these foundations are the bridge that get us in. So we need all four. And that's why, you know, we're going to look at all four over this series. And I'm going to really try to only talk about the apostles' teaching today. Um, But just everything I'm saying, just remember in your head, have and the fellowship and breaking the bread and prayer. Um, Okay, so the apostles' teaching. Firstly, who are the apostles? If it's so important that we're going to be founding our lives upon it, then I want us to know who the apostles are. So the apostle means sent one or messenger. It's a name that Jesus gives his disciples uh, when he like sends them out. Um, So in this context, in the Bible, in terms of the apostles who would write the teaching that would inspire by God, that would create the Bible that we would do, we're talking about the the 12 disciples who were called apostles and Judas Iscariot, nope, because he betrayed Jesus. Um, But... uh, uh, um Matthias gets swapped in and then there's Paul the Apostle Paul and then James the brother of Jesus Barnabas maybe a couple of others there's it's like a very select group of people that this is referring to in this moment where it talks about the Apostles teaching and there's no one else who can join that group there's no one else we're not going to add books to the Bible now um so that's who they are and then what is their teaching so the Apostles teaching is your New Testament And because they teach from the Old Testament, I would say it also includes your Old Testament. So it's your Bible. When we're talking about coming around the apostles' teaching, we're talking about the Bible, okay? Because it was the apostles that wrote, who wrote the letters that make up our New Testament, and who wrote, who like signed off on the accounts of Jesus there, like you know that we have in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're the ones who were there testifying to who Jesus was. So and they kind of there's two bits to it because with the apostles teaching you had Jews who knew everything about morality everything about how to live how to act and they just needed to they needed to be sort of some theology about who God was and who Jesus was therefore what that meant for their lives but then you also had Gentiles people who didn't know anything about God, who didn't know what God thought about sex or relationships or drinking or marriage or parenting or how to be a good child or they didn't know any of that. So it's also got loads of like moral teaching about the best way to live your life because loads of the people that were becoming Christians had no idea what to do. Lots of them did and lots of them had absolutely no idea at all. So So that's what the apostles teaching is. So just so you got it in your mind when they talk about it, you got your bible. So so why? Why did they devote themselves to the apostles teaching? Well, I think that one of the amazing things about Christianity, Christianity is really unique among all religions in that it's really bad at being a religion. It's really bad at being a religion because what religion teaches you is that if you act the right way, then you get better. You get good you get god you get i don't know to be on a pedestal you get whatever but you get it because you do the right thing that's religion uh, you know and hopefully the scales will weigh right at the end or hopefully you'll come back in a better life or hopefully you'll eventually reach the ultimate enlightenment etc 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 but christianity starts with you get the very thing that you're after which is the kingdom of god and it's from that place that then you get to learn how to live the right way that brings the kingdom into your life more. So Christianity is really bad at being a religion because it's not actually meant to be a religion, which is why coming around the apostles' teaching is so important because we are after a person. We are not after a set of rules. We're not after a set of ways to make me a better person. We are after a person. We're after a person. You see, and this is like... <laughs> This is the great claim of Christianity. If you're not a Christian, I want to sell it to you right now. I believe, we believe that you can know God. I, I think I actually know the maker of everything. However he did that, I think I know him. I think he's made himself known to me. You see, and how do you get to know someone? How do you get to know someone? See, there are lots of different ways you get to know someone, but one of the foundational ways that you get to know someone is that you talk to them. You can spend all the time in the world with me and spending time with someone is an important way to get to know them. But if I never speak to you, if I never communicate with you, you you don't know me. You know, I've got friends from school who I would say I've lost touch with. Uh, But I can see everything they're doing on Facebook. Well, I can see the life they want to show me on Facebook, at least. Um, But the reason why I think, (laughs) but the reason why, the reason why I feel like I've lost touch with them is because I haven't spoken to them. I haven't spoken to them in some of them in years. So I've lost touch with them. They're not really my friends anymore because I don't know them. I would never have started to go out with Leah and then marry Leah if we'd have never spoken to each other. See, and it's the same with God. If we want to get to know God, see, we're not after a rule book. We're after a person. So if you want to get to know the person of God, you need to hear him speak. You need to hear him speak. And this is the amazing thing is that um, in 1 John Verse one, it's, it talks about Jesus and it calls Jesus. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then in verse 14, it says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. You see, one of the, uh, I know uh, Tando spoke at uh, your guys weekend away about the different names of God. And how when you, God reveals his name, when he speaks out a name, it reveals his nature. It shows us something about who he is and then that helps us me to see who I am and therefore what my purpose is. Right. God, God calls himself a word. <laughs> The Word, of all the names that he could give himself in this moment, he calls himself the Word. Why? Because Jesus is the Word, the Word made flesh. Jesus shows us the very nature of who God is. When you hear me speak, some of you might be thinking, oh, this guy's quite passionate about the Bible. Why? Because you are hear me speak about it. See because you, you see something of who I am in the words that I speak and when Jesus comes God says he's, this is my word this is the word it's the very representation of my nature is revealed in Jesus and Jesus chooses these apostles to give us the teaching about who he is and what he said and what we're to do and that is how we know God because he has come as a word to show us who he is you see this is how we know G, this is how we know God. If you want to come to know God today, then you come to Jesus and you invite Jesus into your life because those who have seen Jesus have seen God. And he is there for us. You see so it's absolutely the fact that God reveals Jesus as the word shows us that we need to hear him speak. If you don't hear God speak, then you don't know him. You don't like That's the way that we get to know him is by hearing him speak. See, if we don't, I just love it. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. You know, if I don't read my Bible, if I don't hear God's word, I can't blame Pastor Malcolm and Pastor Lynette. And if you don't read your Bible, you can't blame me or your mom or your brother or your school or anything, because it says they devoted themselves. Now, and the word devoted, like, I don't think I've ever used the word devoted in my life. It's That's like a big word, right? Like, uh, you know, like devoted it's like they they completely gave themselves to learning about God and I think because they glimpsed that it wasn't about learning the rules it was because there was a person to be found in these teachings there was a person there was a God to be found in what Paul wrote and in what Peter wrote and in what James wrote and in what Luke wrote there's there is a person there is a God to be found you know and if you don't read your Bible then you'll miss out knowing the voice of God you know and I just want to say, if we don't do that, then it's it's going to have an impact in your life. If we don't do that, if we don't read our Bibles, if we don't devote ourselves to the Bible, if you don't come to church ready to receive from the Bible, it will impact your life. Because um, Romans 12, verse 2 to 3 says this, it says, So this is written by the Apostle Paul. This is part of the Apostle's teaching. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed through the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to attest and approve what God's will is. I mean, who wants to know what God's will for their life is? Be transformed through the renewing of your mind. His good, perfect, pleasing and perfect will for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in, according with the, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. You see, when we come to devote ourselves to God's teaching, there's two things that happen. One: If, if we don't devote ourselves to God's teaching, look, you will be conformed to the world. You will be. And the reason is because it's bombarding you day after day after day after day after day, minute after minute, hour after hour. The culture of our day will bombard you. You will start to believe that you're more valuable if you look better. You will start to believe that your God likes you more because you've done well. You will start to believe that what people think about you is the most important thing in your life. You will start to think that wealth is the thing for you to aim at, that it's worth sacrificing everything just to get more money. You will think that. Because the world will tell you it again and again, and your friends will remind you of it again and again and again, and they'll reinforce it with you again and again. It's not like we sit in neutral and then we go to God. It's like, no, if we're not devoting ourselves to the Word of God, knowing who God is, we are going to go the other way. And partly because it also shows me here that it says, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. Do you know, let me talk about me, not you. Let me talk about me. Who am I? Do you know, if, if there's a difference between the creator of the universe and me... I feel like one of us knows more than the other one. (laughs) I'm going to let you decide. But I think, when it comes down to it, who does know better about how I should live my life or the truth about what God says about me? But you know, it's amazing how some of us can be so proud of our own thoughts and forget that maybe I think that because the world told me to think that. Maybe if I was my parents' generation or my children's generation, that thought would never enter my mind. It's just because I happen to be born in Nottingham at this time in this country with all its privileges and so this has come into my thinking. And maybe instead we need to devote ourselves to this with humility that maybe I don't know everything and I know that's a hard thing for us to believe but maybe you don't know everything. Maybe I don't know everything and maybe you don't know everything. But you know, if we don't, if we don't devote ourselves to the teaching then we don't humble ourselves under anything... And we become the Lord of our own life. It's like me wanting to start the conversation every time I come to God. Sometimes maybe God wants to start the conversation. And I want to tell you that he has. You know, some of you are looking for a word. I just wish God would speak to me. He, he has, and he will. If you open this and pray, speak, God, I'm listening he will speak to you. If between now and the end of this message, you're hoping for a word from God and you pray in your head now, speak, God, I'm listening. I think he will. You know, some of us are like, I just wish there was someone in my life that could encourage me. There is. It's you. (laughs) Read this to yourself. (laughs) It's got some great stuff in here about how you are treasured and loved and adored and that you've got purpose and that you were made on purpose for a purpose. It's got everything that you need is right here because God said it and not only do you hear nice words but you meet the one who made you. You see and if I don't submit myself to the word of God I make God in my image. When I devote myself to the apostles teaching he makes me in his and I, want, I don't want you to be relating to a God that you've made in your own image because he's not the real God. And no wonder he doesn't speak to you and no wonder he doesn't you know, challenge your life where you don't find you grow because you just get everything you want from a God that you decide, well, I just don't think God's like that. Okay. But then when you come to God, he's not the one because you're not willing to listen to his voice and his words and then you get to know the depths of who he is. And then you miss out because that's the flu- that is how you're going to flourish the most is if, you're, if you know him. And so this, these teachings, this book, this little book has the power to transform every part of your life. This has the power to impact you, not just you, but helps you to bring the kingdom of God. Remember, God's actual known presence, his grace and his love into your life and through my life into yours. Maybe there's somebody in your life that needs to know it and if you would just devote yourself to it with your life group or your friends, you know, then it would start to transform their experience of their world because I know that what Luke teaches us is that my mission is to carry on what Jesus had only just begun and Jesus did some pretty amazing things in people's lives. But here's the amazing thing. So that's true and this is like why every single person who has this, like you've got, you've got it. Talk to your friends about it. But you've got it. You can read this. This is actually yours. Like you've got the power in your pocket, in your phone right now, wherever you've got it, that, to actually meet God. You know, and when you're reading the word of God, it's not like you're encountering the presence of God. You are in the presence of God. It's not as if I am. No, no. He is the word. That is him. And then it gets a little bit better. <laughs> Even better. In Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 13, so this is part of the apostles' teaching that they devoted themselves to. It says, so Christ himself, so the word, so God himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of god and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of christ i mean if there's a picture of the kingdom of god the full measure of the the whole measure of the fullness of christ and there's another part in the bible where he talks about Preachers, And I want to say there's this amazing thing where you've got the Word of God, which has got the power to impact your life. You can meet God. You can encounter God. He can transform your life. If you devote yourself to it and you mould your life to fit what God says rather than trying to mould God's to fit what you say, then this has got unbelievable power. And like that wasn't enough, God says, just one more thing I want to do. Just one more thing I want to do. I want to give my Holy Spirit to some of you That means that they're gonna have a grace and an anointing to make this book, to make this thing, which has got unbelievable power in your life, come alive like never before. (laughs) I mean, it's like, whoa, what? So, this is teaching us, the apostles' teaching is teaching us that there are people, and I just wanna focus on, like, you know, teachers and preaching where you get to come here on a Sunday, you know, we get to come on a Sunday and I'll speak about Malcolm and it's not only Malcolm, but let me speak about Pastor Malcolm and sit here and have a combination of the Word of God, like, god's very nature spoken out to me and the spirit of god with its anointing and its power and its pinpoint accuracy into my life the way that the spirit can just speak to you in a way that you know can make it so real and accessible and bang those two come together because god has said i want to give my spirit to some people to open up that word and make it powerful in your life unbelievable like it was like this was enough but then he comes and he says, no, no, that's not it. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I need to speak to you together. Sometimes I want you to all have a revelation of Jesus. Sometimes I want you to, you know, sometimes it's easier for me to humble myself when I'm reading my Bible. It's, sometimes it's very real to humble yourself when you're listening to someone else speak about your Bible. <laughs> Suddenly the humility becomes very real because, well, I haven't thought about that and am I going to receive that? So I want to say, I want to encourage you, This is where we're coming to in my message. Sunday services think about that, what Luke has told us is at the very heart of the life of the church, carrying on Jesus' message, is the apostles' teaching and in the apostles' teaching it's teaching us that there is a spirit at work in some people specifically with gifts to make your word, to make your Bible come alive in you, to help it to engage with it, that is happening on a Sunday every single week at this church, and on Tuesdays at Citizen Locations, and on Fridays at TO, and in Adventure Kids, and in You know, in everything that we this is happening. So I want to I just want to give you I want to give you a couple of things to help you to come on a Sunday to get the most out of this moment. Because I want to tell you, when you put it in that context, this is a massive moment. Do you know what I mean? Next week, when you come to church and someone gets up here to preach, you're gonna think, okay. Okay, something could go down right now because we've got the Word and the Spirit. And Malcolm talked about this morning that when the Word and the Spirit come together, creation happens. Creation happens. All of this is under the banner of faith. Come with faith. If you're making notes, and I want to recommend that you make notes, that's one thing I'm about to recommend you do. Come with faith. We should have faith for this moment. For this time when, you know, Pastor Malcolm or Tando or Lawrence or Wayne or whoever comes up here and speaks with anointing from the Holy Spirit about the Word of God that reveals God, we should have faith that this is how God has set you up to receive this in a powerful way in your life. So I just want to encourage you, whatever that looks like, do you know, that could just look like that prayer on that book. Speak, Lord, I'm listening. That's an act of faith. That's an act of faith. Maybe the God who made the heavens and the earth might want to speak to me today. That takes faith to believe that sometimes. That takes faith for me to believe that. I know what I'm like. I know who I am. So sometimes I don't, why would you want to speak to me? But I'm going to have faith to believe that you said you want to and this is how you've set it up. So I'm going to believe that you've got a word for me this evening. So everything I'm about to say is faith. The first thing is bring your Bible. Bring your Bible to church. I've started bringing a paper Bible because for me, not for you but for me my bible app it it was just became like another app on my phone that's what my bible like it just become like another app it i didn't when i came to it it didn't help me to remember that this is god about to speak to me that was just me that doesn't have to be you but have your bible ready have your ipad or your phone or whatever you do have something ready to have your bible with you second thing is is bring a notebook and this is why i think this is faith have faith that god's going to say something to you worth writing down God might have something, you know, you know, the things that Jesus said, they were worth writing down. Well, if the spirit of God is going to engineer the way that he's going to do it, that he's going to bring himself into a relationship with you through the power of the Holy Spirit to bring creation of the kingdom of God into your life, which is the whole point that you would know God, then you bring a notebook, bring something because that says I've got faith. Do you know, it's like sometimes doing something helps you remember what you do actually think like I do think God wants to speak to me but you know having a notebook out with your pen with the lid off or with the note open on your phone not just going yeah I've got, I've got my phone there ready in case that helps you to think about it You to lean in to think I know this is true but now I remember it's true the third one is to pray you know there's a bit in, uh, in the Bible in John where Jesus says that what the Holy Spirit's is going to do he's going to take what's mine and make it known to you ask the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit help me Take the word and make it known to me. Like, help me, Holy Spirit. And then the fourth thing, in faith again, James 1, 22 says, be doers of the word, not just hearers. I want to encourage you, go and do something with it. Do you know, like this, the kingdom of God comes when people act on it. You know, you see it in there, you're going to see it over the next few weeks that there's more than just the apostles teaching and there's the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer. But I want to encourage you to come in faith That maybe as Acts is trying to get through to us, as Luke is trying to show us, the story hasn't ended because you're still alive. The story hasn't ended because we're still here. So the foundations haven't changed. So the apostles' teaching is the is, is a foundation of the way that you're gonna see the kingdom of God come in your life. And when the kingdom of God comes in your life, you have this amazing sense of peace of who you are and what you're called for and what your purpose is. And you get to have boldness about going and sharing that with other people and you become more loving and more gracious and more kind. And you get to know God. <laughs> You get to receive his forgiveness, his grace, his love, his compassion, his lordship, his fathering, his direction, his purpose for your life, his calling for your life when the kingdom of God comes. And so if we want to see the kingdom of God come, if we want to see people far from God transformed through the power of the gospel, if you want to see Jesus changing your whole life all your life if you want to join this hope-filled spirit-led church that we read about here then we have to have at our foundation the apostles teaching and the word of God that reveals who he is let's pray Jesus we love you we thank you father that you have shown us who you are and that we get to know you And I pray, I pray that you would help us to devote ourselves to this, to be moulded by your word, to be shaped by who you are and to get to know you and to delight in you. And I just pray, God, speak, speak, Lord. We're listening. In Jesus' name. Amen. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been both challenged and inspired. To stay up to date with everything going on in our church, go to heartchurch.co.uk.